Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. This is the Football News and Knowledge Podcast. I am your host, Joshua Bell. And in today's episode, I am going to start off by first apologizing to all the listeners as last week there were no episodes. And if you follow us on Twitter, you would know that I was out of town last week for my brother's wedding. And I did the predictions last week for last week's games over Twitter. Now, I will admit that leading up to the week eight games, I was not prepared. I was stressed with building my brother and his wife's uh, wedding gift. Add to that uh, my work with the podcast, getting everything all ready watching film there were games that i was not able to watch and because of that i some of the predictions were lacking they were kind of blind predictions and i'm sorry to anyone who may have lost money due to my uh predictions but if you made any money which i'd be shocked if you did only because i think i only had like five wins i just want to say congrats to you but Otherwise, I I just want to say I'm sorry pretty much to anyone it may have inconvenienced. With all that being said, though, I am going to say later on what my predictions were. And I'm going to also start by saying that I did lose my first Thursday night football matchup. I will say that I did not get to watch the Cardinals or the Packers game film from week seven. And leading into it. I can actually say I was kind of favoring the Packers more, but just because of the record, I chose the Cardinals. Um, again, it was a blind prediction and shows how poorly I did. Like, I had dropped, or I was at sixth in the nation last week, and I dropped to ninth because of this bad week. Which, for anyone who's familiar with the national game predicting, Dictions, you will know that it is definitely something that you like it's hard to climb up spots so the fact that i did that poorly shows like hey this this was not a good week for me that being said we're going to lead into the episode we do have a good amount to talk about including the thursday night game prediction for the Colts and the Jets that game I did I did get to watch both games and watch the film for both the Colts and the Jets so this should be a very accurate prediction in my opinion um I am definitely going to start this episode though by talking a little bit about the Henry Ruggs situation And if you are not familiar with the Henry Ruggs situation, then let me fill you in. Henry Ruggs, the now former Las Vegas wide receiver, was out last night, or two nights ago, um, hitting golf balls at Top Line Golf or Top Golf in Vegas, and... After he finished 
hitting balls at Top Golf. He he was a little bit drunk, had done a little drinking that night, and he got behind the wheel of the car. And he drove drunk, uh, two and a half times the legal limit. And he drove his, I believe it was a Corvette, if I recall correctly, his his Chevy Corvette, 156 miles per hour, and he crashed into another car, leaving the person in that vehicle had, had passed away, um, along with her dog. The woman was 23 years old, uh, and... You know, I've talked about this, well, more so I mention it every Friday episode. And if you listen to the Friday episodes, you will know this, that I bring up the fact that you you need to, if you drink on the weekend, or if you drink at all, don't get behind the wheel of a car. Every Friday episode, that's how it ends. I say, if you go out and you drink, don't drive, call an Uber, call Lyft. Get taxi, anything. Get someone, one of your friends, a family member to come pick you up. Just don't get behind the wheel of a car and drive. Well, Henry Ruggs got behind a wheel and drunk and hit someone that it's believed 121 miles per hour. He was going 156. It is also believed. And by the time... You know, like he reacted and started breaking. He was probably hit hit someone at 120 miles per hour. So, and now, and now you can see, like it, it's gonna ruin Henry Ruggs' life. He is being charged for two felony with two felony charges at the moment, and it, you know, not trying to be an asshole towards Henry Ruggs, but fuck Henry Ruggs. You know, I, I see a lot of accounts making fun of the whole situation, kind of like, oh, Henry Ruggs, Deshaun Watson, gonna be playing in the uh, prison football team and everything. It's like, that's not funny. That Like, a woman lost her life. And I mean, it, I get that these accounts kind of their job and everything and some people might say oh you're just being sensitive but no i i think it's pretty just that i'm kind of saying like hey this is kind of a messed up thing to do and if you're someone who poked fun at it you know not trying to be an a-hole to you but shame on you a little shame on you you know a, a woman lost her life and it was because of henry ruggs to sit or uh with what Henry Ruggs did, and it, it's shameful. It's very, it, it's unnecessary. With how many ways you can get around today, like you can Uber, you can use a lip, you, just any ride share, and you can get anywhere. An Uber will be to you within five to ten minutes. You could get one of your friends or family to pick you up. Henry Ruggs could have probably called one of his teammates 
and they probably would have came and picked him up if I had to assume. So, the, if anyone's saying right now, like, oh, poor Henry Ruggs, no, 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 don't, no, poor Henry Ruggs. My thoughts and prayers go out to the victim and the victim's family. It, my whole thing with this is don't drive when you've been drinking any vehicle doesn't matter what type of vehicle you're driving it's just not a smart decision and i just want to kind of go into the mind of henry ruggs and tell you a little bit about henry ruggs and just it blows my mind that he would do this and it's because if you didn't know, Henry Ruggs, every time he scored a touchdown in the NFL, college, and even the end of his high school career, he threw up three fingers to the sky. He either pointed up to the sky or he threw up three fingers. Most, almost 99% of the time, he threw up three fingers. Now, the reason why he threw up three fingers was because his best friend Rod Scott passed away in 2016 due to a car crash, a fatal car crash. And Ruggs to commemorate his life threw up the number three, which is the number that Rod Scott had worn. For those who probably most of you probably don't know this fact about Henry Ruggs but he was a highly touted basketball and football player coming out of high school and Rod Scott was the person who really pushed Henry Ruggs to pursue football and that is one of the reasons why Henry Ruggs threw up the three was to commemorate Rod Scott and if I was in Henry Ruggs' position, you had a friend who died in a fatal car accident. Very similar fatal car accident. I would not ever be speeding. I, I'm, a, I'm a speed demon. Everyone who knows me will tell you that. I love driving fast, all that. I do it safe, though. I'm not going to drive uh, fast around other people. I'm going to do it on back roads and such. But, like, Henry Ruggs literally had someone close to him pass away for a very similar situation. If I'm in his shoes, I'm never driving fast again. I don't want to risk it. He's seen what has ha what could happen. He has... A emotional connection to someone who has had that happen to him. Now, add to this, yes, he drove drunk. It, it's wrong, and I'm not gonna even try and feel bad for him. Uh, I feel bad for the family. Like I said, that it's a shame there is a 23 year old woman who whose life was taken from her too early. And her dog. Both died younger than they were expecting. Families that will never get their loved ones back. And it's, it's just sad to see.
You know, it, like I've said so many times, even in this episode, there are so many ways of getting around driving while drunk. Not, not necessary. Get someone to come get you. Get an Uber. Get a taxi. Get anything. Lyft. Friend. Family. Someone can get you. You need to be smart. You need to know when you can and cannot drive. And that's pretty much my one message that I want to get out of this episode, really. Uh, we're going to take a short break. When we return, we will be talking about the Odell Beckham Jr. situation with the Cleveland Browns. When we return after this. Welcome back. This is the Football News and Knowledge Podcast. I am your host, Joshua Bell. And it came out just yesterday that Odell Beckham Jr. and the Cleveland Browns are butting heads. They, needless to say, are not getting along. And it started when Odell Beckham Sr. had posted a bunch of clips on Twitter and on social media showing where Baker Mayfield either just didn't want to throw OBJ the ball or didn't see him or overthrew him or underthrew him. Either way, just showing that Odell Beckham Jr. was not getting the ball. Add to this. LeBron James came out and tweeted uh, free OBJ, which, if you were not aware, OBJ and LeBron are tight. They're friends. So, you know that OBJ was the one who told him to post that. And now it's coming out that Brown's Head coach, Kevin Stefanski, reportedly told his players that Odell Beckham Jr. is essentially not on the team right now. Uh, clearly, no team wanted to pick up that, that cap number that he, was, that he had with the Browns. And, you know, I, I have a couple questions. First of all, Odell, if you have an issue with playing for the Browns, why did you wait till Tuesday to say it? Why didn't you have your dad and LeBron post this stuff a week ago? Because what he what Odell Beckham Jr. did was essentially buy like it, it was almost the equivalent to buying a car. And kind of being like, eh, I don't know if I want this. And then signing at all the paperwork. And then right as you're about to drive it off the lot, going like, I don't want this car. Like, you're stuck with it now. You you already signed everything. There, there's no way around it. He waited for the last possible second to say anything. And, you know, that the question now becomes what's going to happen. I know that they 
most likely they are not going to just release Odell Beckham Jr. If they do, it would shock me. It would shock a lot, a lot of fans. Uh, the only way that they I could see them releasing OBJ is if they come to terms that they will not have to pay like some sort of amount of his salary or the remainder of his salary or something because he I don't think if they released him that he would I think he would clear waivers and the reason is I don't think anyone's gonna want to pick up that cap number now there are teams that would probably try or definitely want to I mean would you be shocked if all of a sudden as weird as it sounds can't you just see OBJ getting released and somehow the Buccaneers coming up with enough cap space to sign him what are the odds of that that would be nuts but that would be just something that would just of course happen in the NFL but teams that I think should be kind of after him a, the Packers, team that should have traded for him or tried to trade for him if they could get the Browns to have paid some of the salary. Um, let's see that that's like the major team right there that I'm just gonna say right off the top of my head that I feel as though should have traded for him. I had multiple people inside Green Bay telling me that like two weeks ago that they were going to be trying to trade for brand cooks and they kind of went dark on that last week. And I think after they won this last game against the Cardinals, they said to the, the higher ups probably said, we're good. We can beat undefeated teams. We don't need more wide receiver help. Packers, you still need wide receiver help. Get that through your head. And, for any Packer fan that wants to see Aaron Rodgers stay with the Packers, that would be a great way to try and get him to stay and Devontae Adams to stay. You you think that Rodgers would maybe take a little less if it meant he could have OBJ on the team? I mean, that if, if they got OBJ, they would instantly be my Super Bowl favorites. And for those people who are saying, oh, OBJ is washed up and everything... OBJ is not washed up. Baker Mayfield really is not throwing him the ball that often. And I don't know why, if they're just not clicking or what's going on with that whole situation, but they just don't mesh. They don't. It's try, you're trying to fit a square Lincoln log or a square shape into a circular hole. It's not going to work. They don't mesh well. It doesn't go together. Now, the times when they tried to feature OBJ, like against Dallas last year, OBJ had three touchdowns and an amazing game. That's what OBJ can be with the Browns. If they try to feature him, or they don't even have to feature him, just get him the ball more. That's what he could be with the Packers. That's what he could be with any team. He He's still a very good wide receiver if he stays healthy. Now, I mean, I, I, I don't know where this goes from here. Um, from what I understand, they're going to be keeping him on the roster, on the 53-man 
burning a spot on the 53-man roster to pretty much just have him stay away and not play him. And quite frankly, that's a new one for me. Like, I know some people will say, oh, that's what they're doing with Deshaun Watson in uh, Houston. Yeah, they're doing that with Deshaun Watson for different reasons, though. It's more understandable with Deshaun Watson. OBJ, it's not as understandable. You're keeping a super talented player who doesn't have legal issues right now off the field. So that is just odd. There, there's clearly something that happened, and they're not telling us OBJ did not come out soon enough if he want to announce that he wanted to get traded. And quite frankly, I'm not trying to target OBJ or anything. I loved OBJ, but definitely did your balls drop off OBJ? Hmm? May come out a week earlier if you want out. Don't come out the last second. It, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, god damn. And really, there was not really that many trades. I am going to talk about real quick about Von Miller being traded to the Rams. The Rams who... A lot of people are saying, oh, they, they have a plethora now of pass-rushing weapons. No, that, that was a necessity, I think. I think that the Rams truly needed Von Miller because Aaron Donald is double-teamed. Now you'll have Aaron Donald and Von Miller, and Von Miller's not what he once was. He's still very good. But he's not the Von Miller from the 2015 Super Bowl game. He's not, you know, going to lead the team in sacks. But he's definitely going to create havoc now with the Rams. And it, the Rams, I feel now, are like really the only team that made a major push to say, hey, we're all in for this season. And... I just want to talk a little bit about the Rams and kind of make a joke about the Rams. Because if you look at what happened with all their draft picks, they just trade their draft picks. And I think they only have two this next year. Two or three. And last time you really saw the Rams have a high draft pick. Who was it? It was the number one pick that they had. Jared Goff. And uh, the Rams, they, they really they really had the number one pick. And they said, we'll take Jared Goff. And they said, went ahead and said, uh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, okay, wow. About that. Never, ever going to do that again. And ever since then, it seems like they trade every draft pick that they have. Because they <laughs> they know they can get highly touted veterans or good players, and it's not as big of a gamble then. I mean, just looking at the just, just look at the corners that they would have had to select if they didn't have they, they could have had Jalen Ramsey, for instance, or another cor another corner, which probably would not have produced anywhere as high as Jalen Ramsey. They get Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey's instantly the best corner on their team, of course, and is still 
one of the top two, if not the number one corner in the NFL. They do this time and time again. They trade away draft picks to get Matthew Stafford, an upgrade over Jared Goff, and it's a clear-cut upgrade. Matthew Stafford already has more touchdown passes this year than Jared Goff had all of last year. The Rams know what they're doing. They're, they're kind of taking the uh, Bill Belichick approach, which Bill Belichick still uses his draft picks and drafts players, but Belichick trades for a lot of players. The Rams are all in. They're showing that they're all in for this year. And I would say that even though they lost to the Cardinals, I'd say that they're the better team than the Cardinals. I don't think the Cardinals are the best team in the West, especially not after that Thursday night matchup. And uh, another player that I'd like to say, did your balls drop off, goes to A.J. Green. You know, you could say you thought it was a run all you want, but it looked like you just got sloppy on a route, uh, comeback route. So uh, what happened to A.J. Green? Did, you, did your balls drop off? If you had ran your route, you would have gotten a touchdown. And it's so clear-cut and obvious. But getting back to the whole OBJ thing, I don't know where this goes from here. Odell Beckham Jr., still a highly, highly skilled, highly wanted player in the NFL. You can put him on any team. I thought that maybe the Bills should have even made a trade for OBJ if possible. And for those people who say, oh, well, they have Stephon Diggs and Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah, I know, but they still kind of need one weapon. You know, they outside of their receivers and Josh Allen, they they don't really have anyone who scares you in the running game. They have to depend on their passing game and Josh Allen to run the ball. Like that running game doesn't scare any team. So I feel like they should have went out and tried to get him, which I understand like they probably didn't even know that he really wanted out until the last second. But there weren't there weren't really any splashes in free agency. No, no Deshaun Watson trade, which I'd like to talk about that for a second, too. Deshaun Watson wasn't allowed to talk into or to the Miami Dolphins until the eve of the trade deadline. So Monday night. No shit. You're not going to get a trade done. You know the, the Dolphins wanted to make sure. That all these allegations were settled. Before they trade for him. There's not a chance he's going to. End up uh, getting traded in that amount of time. Not a chance. And settle all that. Not a chance. I think that the Texans. Shit the bet on that one. And now the Texans are kind of dealt with a pretty big issue. Because uh, Deshaun Watson, although he said that he never wants to play for the Texans again, you know, if, if he wants, he could uh, come back and make a real big mess for the Texans and say, I won't play football. Because the Texans cannot keep him away from the field without him being okay with it. Unless they suspend him, which then they'd have to pay him his full pay. But they don't want to do that. And 
then also they risk the fact that, hey, if, you know, uh, Goodell ends up suspending him, then they still have to pay him. So, the Texans really shit the bet on this one. And they are going to be dealing with a big issue alongside this. Because if I'm Deshaun Watson, I'm looking at, oh, you didn't want to trade me you, you didn't want to give me that opportunity which he was he was very set on Miami he wants to go to Miami only Miami you didn't want to trade me to Miami okay I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna say I want to play which means they have they, they don't have to start him but they have to allow him to suit up and everything which means his full contract is guaranteed then adding to that uh he, he can create, eventually the fans are going to say, you know, we're paying this guy. Why not just start him? And also, once that does happen, he's going to win the game or games for the Texans, unlike Davis Mills. And then the Texans are even in bigger water, or deeper water, because they're moving farther away from the top pick in the draft, or one of the top picks in the draft. So... The Texans, they better know what they're doing here. Otherwise, this is going to really turn up, turn out ugly for them. It, I'm very shocked, as I'm sure many people are, that Deshaun Watson wasn't traded. Um, it, it's genuinely appalling, to be honest. Uh, but with all that being said... We are going to take a short break. When we return, we will be talking about last week's game predictions, followed by the Thursday night game prediction for this week. When we return after this. Welcome back. This is the Football News and Knowledge Podcast. I am your host, Joshua Bell. And right now we are going to be breaking down my week seven predictions and we're going to start it off this is of course going to be a very quick subject since it was last week but i just wanted to let everyone know i'm going to of course keep myself accountable show that i do get them wrong here and there and do have bad weeks but starting off with i had picked the cardinals same thing with 90 percent of america now i will say that Leading up to the game, I was very skeptical. I was tempted to pick the Packers, but I had not watched either team's film. So I just went with the Cardinals, the team that was undefeated. They, of course, lost the Packers. Then the Falcons game, I did not get to watch that film either. I picked the Falcons to win over the Panthers. Not to mention the Panthers were not looking hot. Um, I, I think I was still went with that one. Uh, 88% of America went with the Falcons. Then the Dolphins at Bills, I went with the Bills. 100% of America went with the Bills. The 49ers at the Bears. I took the 49ers in this matchup, although I was kind of concerned. I w- was considering taking the Bears, but I did not get to see the... Uh, Bears film from the week prior, if I recall correctly, so I took the 49ers. 
Then the Steelers at the Browns. I took the Browns, owed 70% of America. The Steelers ended up winning. The Eagles at the Lions. I took the underdog Eagles. The Eagles, only 40% of America was were choosing the Eagles to win that game, and I took the Eagles. I just felt like it would be a very easy game for Jalen Hurts. Now, I haven't gotten to watch that film yet. I do look forward to watching that film, and for Friday's uh, predictions, I will have watched all the game's films, but or all the game film from every week or every game this past week, and I'm looking forward to giving my predictions. Then the Titans at the Colts. I took the Colts in this matchup. Uh, the Colts were not favored. Uh, 68% of America chose the Titans. And the Colts kept it interesting. The Colts almost won the game. Uh, I feel as though the Colts almost should have won the game. I think that the better team lost. I took the Colts because the Titans were without Julio Jones. So, yeah. Then the Bengals at the Jets. This game, I took the Bengals, but I was actually very scared about this game. 100% of predictors took the Bengals. I was tempted to take the Jets, and the reason is the Bengals were flying across country to New York. We didn't know what Mike White was, and as we saw Mike White wasn't bad. He showed a lot of flat, good, good moments. Then the Rams at Texans. I took the Rams in that game, so a hundred percent of the predictors. Then the Patriots at the Chargers. I took the Chargers. Ninety-five percent predictors did as well. I was scared though, because last time or last year, the Patriots and the Chargers played. And the Patriots just ran it all over the Chargers and ended up winning. And that's kind of what happened in this game, too. Uh, the Patriots really ran it down the Chargers' throat. They controlled the off or the line of scrimmage on both ends. And the coverage, or the defensive backs, really played tight coverage against the Chargers' wide receivers. So... That is one game that I regret not watching more film on and, like, taking the Patriots. Then the Jaguars at the Seattle Seahawks. I took the Seahawks, uh, and so did 92% of predictors. Then Washington football team at the Denver Broncos. I took the Broncos, so did 70% of predictors. The Buccaneers at the Saints. I took the Buccaneers. Which probably is not a big shock, seeing as I, of course, believe Tom Brady's the best to ever do it. Um, it was just something that I felt was going to end up happening. And I w wasn't going to be shocked if the Buccaneers lost. Now, I will say that I'm shocked that the Buccaneers lost to the Saints without Jameis Winston for most of the game. That shocked me. Um... Then, and just for perspective, 98% of predictors chose the Buccaneers. And then the Cowboys at the Vikings. I took the Vikings in this matchup. 
mainly because the Cowboys were without Dak Prescott. They had Cooper Rush in at quarterback, and Cooper Rush played very well, actually. Uh, if the Cowboys didn't have... Uh, if they didn't have uh, Dak, or, or if they didn't have Dak's injury, they would have probably destroyed the Vikings. And that was actually a hard game for me to predict because I felt like the Vikings might play them pretty hard. But the Cowboys, of course, won that game. And then the Giants at the Chiefs, I took the Chiefs in that matchup. And the Chiefs won. I had seven wins out of 15 games. So it actually wasn't as bad as I thought it was. But it definitely needs some room for improvement. It's normal. It's over. It's below 50%. I never have that. It's just a bad week. Um, but yeah, right now, if I'm just checking, just to confirm real fast. Two, three, four, five, six... Yeah, I am ninth in the nation right now. So, definitely not a great week last week, but we're going to bounce back this week and taking a look at the Colts-Jets game. Now, this game is a game that I think could actually be closer than what I would have thought Heading into this week, like looking at it on Saturday, I would have said, yeah, this is going to probably be a cakewalk for the Colts. Now, after seeing how good Mike White did, I'm not too sure. Uh, Zach Wilson is, of course, out still with his knee injury. Corey Davis is doubtful for the Jets. Uh, Trayvon Wesco, the tight end, is out. Bryce Huff is out. And Tevin Coleman is out. And those are the players who are out for the Jets. Then looking at the Colts, the players who are out are Bo Pete Keys. And T.Y. Hilton is questionable. Brand Smith is questionable, and Xavier Rhodes is questionable. This game is in Indianapolis. I, you know, I, I'm conflicted here because on one end, I want to take the Colts. Because, of course, as we all know, as long as you've been listening to the show prior to the season, I was very high on the Colts. But... On another end, I really like what Mike White showed. Mike White led the NFL last week in yards. He had three. He had a 107.9 passer rating in his first ever career start. He had three touchdowns, two interceptions. If I recall correctly, one, if not both of those interceptions, were tip ball interceptions. He he played a very good game. And the Jets as a whole played a good game. The Colts defense, it's kind of lackluster. They, they scare me a little bit, especially in the secondary. 
I think I'm going to still go with the Colts. But I would not be shocked if it's a close game or if the Jets win. Based on what Mike White did.